Welcome to another episode of Wild and Exposed, your wildlife photography and outdoor adventure podcast. Today we're with Rick Libby and Libby Corbin of Moose Man Nature Photos, right? Right. That's their right uh, web address? That's it. To get you guys? Yeah. But it's soon to be Rick Libby and Libby Libby. Yep, Libby Squared. Libby Squared. Yeah. And the, so give us an insight into that, What what's happening. We met five years ago, yeah. and um, things progressed beautifully. Yeah. And Rick's last name happens to be Libby with an E. My first name happens to be Elizabeth. My nickname is Libby without the E. I spell it right, he doesn't. <laughs> But I'm going to have to learn to adapt because I'm going to become Libby Libby in June of 2020. Congratulations. Well, thanks. I think that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, Rick, you were telling me the, the plans for the wedding. Give me a little snake. Since you guys are so much into nature and you love doing what you're doing, what do you have up your sleeve for the wedding? I won't be wearing a suit coat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting married at right at... The Loon Pond, where we met, uh, it was the morning of one of the hatches, the Loon Hatches, and from a distance I saw someone in a kayak with a big old lens sticking out the front, and I noticed she wasn't paddling, she was pedaling in a Hobie, and I just kept looking and looking, and big 300 F2.8 on on the front of her camera there and yeah that was that was our, our beginning was, that's right was, was that yeah. morning he was he was his kayak was parked where i wanted to be <laughs> but he got there like 10 <laughs> minutes ahead of me so i hung back out of respect waiting to you know see uh, figure okay he's getting the hatch and i'm losing out on this but he saw me there and he waved me forward so i thought that was pretty nice so we kind of put our kayak side by side and Got this incredible little hatch moment with a baby loon chick. Yeah, it was fun. And the rest is history. It is. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 So we're going to get married right in the the nursery area of of where we met that morning. In kayaks. In kayaks. So how does that work? Well, the guy's going to be on (laughs) you. You know, we're not too worried about it. Um, (laughs) There'll be some people on the shore and, you know. The guy that's marrying us will be on the shore. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, we're, we're not in a kayak. We're not going to put him in a kayak. Sure. <laughs> not no. gonna ask him we're going to gonna be in the kayaks next one. Uh, you know, yeah. just, and then we just like sail off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Everybody go home. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, congratulations. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Well, so since we kind of touched a little bit of that history, you guys have individual history about with photography. Yep. And then now for the last five years, you have the the history of you guys working together. Mm. So just give us a snapshot into how that all started, how what you were doing prior to meeting Rick and then Rick, what you were doing and then what you guys have built so far together. Cause what you're doing right now is cranking right along, right? Yeah. yeah. It's really yeah. exponentially yeah. grown. Um, Rick started the business Moose Man. That's why it's not Moose people. <laughs> what I was doing prior to meeting Rick was, um, working and my hobby was photography and where I started was back in the film days uh, photographing horses because that's where I started with everything was with horses it was all about horses for me so naturally 
everything that I did with my art, everything that I did writing, everything that I did with my camera was horses. Well, that had to morph because I started getting out of the horses. And when I started hiking and, and kayaking, then I had to have a camera with me. And then that just natural progression became everything that's alive <laughs> that's out there, pretty much. So the that's with the wildlife. So did you oh, do it's a all passion wildlife? Of mine. Absolutely a passion of mine. It's yeah, I don't photograph people. I never have. I've only been interested in photographing animals and that it went from domestic animals and horses and such to wildlife, birds, anything, anything. And then were you trained as a photographer or? Oh, like, no, I had to, to learn. From, I had to learn from my own mistakes. As I've said, I'm I have a very bad teacher because I'm self-taught. So it was the school of hard knocks learning. And I still go back and make some stupid mistakes, but I'm having fun doing it. And I am learning and I'm getting better. Right. I think. <laughs> That's well, the idea. You would be the one that do, that could see that though, right? Because you just see that progression. Not everybody gets to see all your stuff. That's so true. if you feel good about it, I yeah. think you're... Yeah. But it, I, I've been doing this for, I don't even know. I hate saying, you wow. know, because I can't even think about it, but... I started in the early 90s, mm -hmm. and I still learn stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I'll still go out. Today, I'll go out and I'll say, oh, I, I should have done that, or I wish I'd have done that, or I wish this situation, I would have thought about this. Absolutely. So I don't think oh, you ever happens. stop learning. Oh. Today was a very good example. <sighs> Things <Word> happen <laughs> quickly. <laughs> okay, we're going to save that. That's like I know, a I'm not teaser. saying another word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little yeah. teaser for the end, because we're right. going to give you guys a snapshot into the whole what went down this morning, which was really cool. Okay. But before we do that, let's do, so is there anything else with that? I mean, that got you in, but how did you pick up loons? What was that? How do you that's, end up that's on just, this pond? That's just part of that whole everything wildlife. Um, when I moved back to New Hampshire after like 45 years, um, what I could take pictures of was that, which was around me and that being loons on the ponds, eagles, fox, bears, anything. But, um, loons are pretty accessible mm -hmm. and this one particular pond has more than one mating pair. So it gives you options. Right. You know? Yep. Um, and they, they incubate and nest at slightly different times and they hatch at different times. So you get better opportunities for those special moments, you know? So, so is this like a super secret ninja pond and it was just you two oh, out there or how did you guys? No, it's, <laughs> we'd like for it to be a super secret ninja pond, but what's nice about it is they don't allow motorized boats oh, Okay, and there are no cabins on it. So in that respect, it's kind of not, Terribly well known. It's not terribly trafficked. Right. It's got a clean shoreline all the way around it, which really helps with photography. Right. There's no right. residences. It's it's New Hampshire forest land all the way around it. So it's pretty scenic for Yeah, no water toys. Working. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So. All right. So give us a snapshot <clears throat> into your background and your history. Been photographing moose since 1981. Uh Longtime friend of mine took me to this remote camp in Maine. I'd never seen a moose. And I just kind of right off the bat fell in love with moose and, and photographing them. Back then, I think 
I was working for the state highway. I made $3.28 an hour. <laughs> so my gear consisted of a Minolta SRT with a $69 Spiritone lens. That's all I was able to have. Right. But that didn't matter. I'd crawl through the bushes and brush and just spent years and years going after that elusive moose and um got away from it from a while for a while in the 90s and um but by the mid 2002 3 I started getting really serious back into shooting and started actually thinking about maybe trying to make a living at it mm-hmm. and I sold my first moose photo on the sidewalk of the health food store I was working at for 12 bucks and right when I sold that first photo, I created a little uh, Excel spreadsheet, started tracking sales. And within a couple of years, I had this little part-time thing going and started doing some little art shows and art festivals. And it wasn't right around 2009, I just, you know, quit the job thing and went full-time into the art shows. And meeting Libby was still a good number of years away, but so I was right. So when you were making that early money, what give yeah. us a time frame? Was that like the late eighties, or is that middle eighties, or? Oh no, um, it was from the early eighties all the way up to early two thousand. Okay, it was actually all- it would be the early nineties because you said you got away from it for yeah. a while. Okay, yeah, it'd be all just fun and you know just. But I shot a tremendous amount of film. I mean, just I'd go in the woods in Maine for eight, ten days at a time and not by myself and not even come out just have a bunch of fuji film with me so it was all fuji slide film yeah how'd you learn that because most people didn't even know that right. back then right because everybody's well, shooting print film right i was talking to you the other day about leonard lee roof he mm-hmm. was he was kind of my my little mentor in the background the whole time just reading his articles he used to write for what was it uh, I think he had his own little newsletter. What was that? Photographer, outdoor photographer, I think it was. Something, yeah. Whatever. He had all these little articles he wrote. And I'd just read him. And one thing that always stuck with me, something he said was, from quantity, you get quality. Mm-hmm. I just remember that little line from him. Keep you shooting. Know, keep shooting. Mm-hmm. Keep right. shooting. Right. And that was, you know, Kodachrome and, and Fuji. And, you know. That was expensive. You got to 36 <laughs> pretty quickly, right? <laughs> with those motor drives and stuff, right? So... Oh, how many times are you sitting there on exposure 32, right? And you got a good bull in front of you, you know, you know, you got to change a roll of film. And, um, and then when do you change it? Yeah. You know, and you could squeeze out that Remember number could, 37, all that stuff. Get another couple of frames worth if you yeah. threaded right. it yeah. just right. That's if you did it just right. Yeah. That's, yep. a, that's a good stuff. I do not but, miss those days. I know there are die, die hard film people out there but i don't miss those film days I, you know it's so hard to even comprehend now because mm-hmm. today yeah or this the whole time we've been shooting up here in alaska it's been you don't if you go out with a full battery and a full card you're pretty much just yep. shooting right you need to go all day <laughs> so you don't have to great. do anything yeah. yeah we're blessed with the yeah. gear we have today right yeah, it's a it's a blast oh. uh, well, before we get too much into the gear, because I do want to talk about that, because we sure. haven't talked about the type of cameras you guys are using on this sure. podcast yet. Mm-hmm. So you guys would be a great insight into that. But so many people want to know about how they can make a living in this business. And it's mm-hmm. got harder and harder because you back in the day when I started, you mm-hmm. could sell pictures to magazines. Sure. And you right. couldn't make a sure. 
you can make a decent living mm-hmm. actually at it. Mm-hmm. You could get a cover here, a cover there, some internal stuff here. You could write an article and put pictures with it. That stuff still exists today, but it's not nearly as prevalent as it once was. So nowadays it's so, unless you're doing nature tours, right? Mm-hmm. unless you're a big dog for some magazine mm-hmm. that is, yep. if you're a National Geographic shooter or a BBC shooter, you could probably make a living doing that, or you definitely can make a living doing that. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of other opportunities to actually make a living. But what you guys are doing is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I think people would love to just hear, I mean, we're not going to lay out a business plan or anything, right. but right. if we could just even talk about what you guys do, because you're sustaining yourself on photography we are. 100% and yeah. you've been doing it for how many years? Not a long yeah. time. Yeah, we're, we're blessed. In New England, one of the things I found out right away, because I remember thinking, don't forget, you hear me keep talking about moose, moose, moose. When I started, I thought I was going to make a living selling moose photographs in New Hampshire. And I found out really, really quickly that that wasn't going to happen. Um, you asked about loons earlier. Loons in New Hampshire, in our company, are 40% of sales is, is loons. 40% of sales is also black bears. So that doesn't leave a whole lot that's moose, eagles, and all the other wildlife combined. Right. So what I'm saying is just identifying the market in our particular area. That's what we need to get a handle on. Right. And, um, and just present Of course, the only way you can do that is by putting your stuff out there and seeing what, what moves and what doesn't. Right. Yeah. So right. the way you do that is to start small. Mm-hmm. Little craft fairs, you know, there's, you have to pay for a booth. Mm -hmm. You have to have everything that it takes to set up your booth, whether Mm -hmm. it be indoors with it's just tables or the full Monty with you, you have to have a tent and you, you know, you provide yourself with walls to hang your artwork on and tables to put your stuff on that that's not hangable. And you put your matted Mm -hmm. stuff and you put your whatever calendars and coasters and we've, um, explore different products with our images on them. Um, you tried even ceramic tiles. I mean, some people do that. So there are a lot of ways that you can put your product out there, your image out there on a product, whether it be behind glass as a framed piece of art on metal, on glass, um, matted images just in, in crystal bags, to sell calendars. We even have a company that put our images on playing cards mm-hmm. yep. and it's a, it's a fun product. I mean, it's, you know, the price points are good and small and narrow margins, but still it's one of those items that doesn't cost a lot. Right. So you got to You got to hit, we're not big. I, well, I think what I'm trying to say is we're a small company. We don't do, Huge volumes of anything. We do shows. We do art shows, and um, we work hard. Yeah, yeah. Art shows. So snapshot um, into that part of it. You do shows. How many shows do you figure you do a year to make a living at it? Is it a magic number? Is there twenty? Is it thirty? Is it sixty? I love it- that you asked that because um, used to do a lot more than we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Before Lib came along, I was just pounding it out there. I was doing. I mean, it's fifty-two. Weeks in a year. Right. I, was, I was doing over 40 shows a year. 
still and, trying to shoot too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and not Part making even half what we're doing now. And we only do a hint, just a little bit over 20 shows now. So you got to weed out the ones where you're paying the promoter and they're the only ones making the money. You know, it's, right. it's a journey. It's a journey. And, um, a big part is is not just what you put out there to sell, but how you put yourselves out there. You know, you, you put yourself out there, get engaged with your customers, that's huge. establish your audience and your repeat business, and that's a bigger part of it than in the actual photos you're you're presenting. Right. Really, it's just develop that the relationships, the relationships, relationships with, with your that's with huge, your, and your guys' personality is just a fun, you know, fun deal, right? And that's that's so. a really big part of it. It really is another big um, part of it too that translates. You know, there are people who get it, right? They have a passion for the the wildlife as well. We think it shows in our artwork. We think that what we what we're putting out there illustrates our passion for what we're doing, and the fact that we can we we engage people. We tell the story behind the photograph, mm-hmm. and it's not about yeah we got this photo. It's Oh, it was so cool. You should have been there. I mean, we sat there for hours and we were able to watch this animal do this, that, and the other and leading up to, and that's what the, this is the moment that we happen to click the shutter and that's what you're seeing in front of you. And they love, people love the backstory. So we're not about, yeah, we, we hiked up this mountain and, and, threw this 600 up there in the air and, and took a picture of this animal and walked back down. It's the fact that we, we go there, we'll sit, we'll spend time with these animals. Sometimes we pack the cameras away and just fold our arms across our chest and watch. And we learn. The animals teach us so much that we can study their, their behavior and their body language and we can anticipate what that means and get ready. And um, I think that's that's what translates in our artwork. And that translates to the sales. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Those yep. stories. The stories. Yep. Yep. That interaction and being able to – and I, I suppose you guys could run shows 52 weeks a year and send somebody else to go sell it. But that's not going to go that's that way, That's not going to go that way. It doesn't work. You guys got to do that's it. That's right. Absolutely right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, we have this little thing we call it a moose man moment. It's yeah. basically a little label that goes on the back of every photo. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and Libby's really good at writing them. I used to write them myself. I wasn't, I did my best. Right. But Lib writes them now. It's basically a story of what's going on in the photograph. In that pe- particular picture. Yeah. And people love to turn over the photograph and read that little story, you know. And then, of course, you can throw in your information, your website and all that on the back. It helps out. Right. But it's just that little story about the image. People, you know. That's Connect awesome. Yeah. 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 So 20 shows a year, you say? Yeah, about 20, 22, something like that. Used and to be more. Yeah. Used to be more, but you weeded out. So you have yeah. 20. Yeah. You probably did 30. You've probably done thousands of shows, right? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. oh. Out of that, you figured, you know, there might be 100 a year that you could do. Yeah. You're just cherry picking and you're saying, yep. well, this show is really good. Yep. Or this show is very wildlife oriented. Or this show is good because of the holidays. Or this show is good because of... You know, so many different, and it is, it's a journey, like you said earlier. Yeah. It's, you got to try it. You do. You have to. Yeah. Some some shows you'll find are what we call yard sale shows. Mm-hmm. And some are serious um, art type shows. Right. Yeah. 
and um, some are they kind of fall between. Um, so it's a matter of finding your audience. Plus, we are we sort of limit ourselves because we are expressly New England wildlife mm -hmm. because that's what works for us. Right. That's what sells for us. We couldn't sell a grizzly to save our lives. I've never sold a photo of a grizzly bear ever. A bison, <clears throat> an elk, a caribou. Can't do it. Just because we are New England wildlife. I mean, I'm, I would love to. I When I'm out west, I shoot these animals, photograph these animals. But we just can't bring the images into the booth. But so the only way you could do that is you would have to get a show in Wyoming or you'd right, have to right. get yeah. a show then in Then it'd be different. Then we're stepping a, into somebody else's yeah. territory right. and their mm -hmm. livelihood. So, right. yeah. So you just stick with that. So it's, a, yeah. it's an awesome model. It happens and to be where other people that do that in other parts of the country. And right. It's kind of cool because yeah. you can share information. Like who was it that was here a couple of weeks ago? Marshall. Marshall. I think he did the same thing. And mm -hmm. He his market is more of the Pacific Northwest. Yep. So there there's no stepping yep. on toes. There's no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's a good way. I mean, now you guys are down to twenty shows a year. That's right. Then <clears throat> you can carve out time to shoot the loons yep. or the bears yep. or the moose. Exactly. So you get the new shots. You have this library of shots that are still That's selling. Right. That's right. And then you get quality time out in the. Yeah, because everything cycles. Wildlife cycles. Mm -hmm. We're coming into the reason we're in Alaska is because we can't get our lenses on a New England moose. We're losing our moose. So Rick was devastated one year when the first year I went with him to Maine to photograph moose. And he said, Oh no, it used to be, you, you wouldn't believe this, it used to be 100, 200 encounters. We had 40 in between two of us in the course of five days that he would see in half a day otherwise. Mm. Yeah, we have so he that. was devastated. So we decided that we would, we both have wanted to come to Alaska always, always. Don't you, you know, if you're not, if you're not born here, you want to come here, right? I don't care where you live. Especially right? as a wildlife photographer. Right? Yeah. It's so, like the shingle. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and of course I used to live out West. So I've, I've been there, done that. I'd do it again in a heartbeat, but Alaska was that, that the kind of holy grail. So we decided we'll go to Alaska because by golly, we'll get all moose there, right? So hmm. now we do every year. This is our sort of busman's holiday. Um, we don't sell a lot of Alaskan moose in right. our booth. We don't. But no. because, okay. because people come with us through social media on the journey, they, they do want to purchase some of these images. But I just wanted to clarify that we're not in Alaska doing all these Alaskan animals and, and we can't, we really can't sell them back home. No. Right. But so that's why we're here and um, our, our cups fill up and we want more, but we have to go back home and go to work. So anyway, the, my point being, this is part of the cycle. We're now doing our moose shoot after Moose, we kind of hit a lull, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping against hope that we can have bobcats again this winter. Yep. But so you're, so it's September. Well, basically, you're here for the month of September. Right. Moose 
30 days, 35 days, nonstop, every day is months. That's it. You betcha. Then you're going to go back and work your butts off because you've yep. got shows now, we right? Shows. We've got seven shows left to finish mm-hmm. out the year. So you'll finish out the year. Yep. Then you're going to – then you reset. Yep. That's it. And then you're talking Bobcats. So yep. Let us last help. year you had awesome – now, is that something that sells in the booth? It does. Oh, yeah. Bobcats sell very oh, well. People love time. Bobcats. Oh, my they gosh. Do. Big time. Oh, there was an article in the paper about it. Yeah. It's a was it deal. about you guys? It was, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty unusual what Libby stumbled on, you yeah. know, the, the actual den. I yeah, mean, because most, see. mostly you'll see a bobcat in the crispuscular hours. Right. Hunting right. or coming back from or whatever. Um, rarely do you see quality time and, and interaction in, with the, in between the animals. And when you get on a den with a mom and her two kids – Granted, they're eight to ten months old at this point. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, it would if we could get on them when they're kittens. <laughs> but this was not the natal den. This is a winter. This is an overwinter den, apparently, because of course we tried. This so, spring. how much did you know about bobcats before this? Because what I find when I'm out shooting stuff, I get extremely interested in, especially if you know something's going to happen for a while. If you're going to get on something for. A month. Yeah. You know, whether it is a bobcat sure. or you get on a sandhill crane. I don't know. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I get extremely interested in that particular animal. Don't so you how know? much did you guys know about bobcats before? We knew some. We had – we've seen bobcats. We've we've had bobcats in the area. We've photographed bobcats. Bobcats. We went to a bobcat talk by Fish and Game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't learn anything at that point, but we did go home once. Once I got my lens on this particular family, boy, don't you know we Googled everything we could we look up about. We started studying. We did. Yeah. We wanted to see life expectancy. We wanted to see um, when the kids leave the den, how they're how they leave the den, when the mating season is, what, how, you know, how long can we expect for this to last? Right. So we did our homework. And then you, you learn so much, right? It's oh, yeah. like, like you were saying, the reason I brought that question up is when you say natal den, mm-hmm. as opposed to what mm-hmm. was the other one? Well, there, this was an overwinter den. An overwinter. So natal den is the den that they would be born in. That's, That's right. correct. Then, what is that? Well, she How has, long does that last? Well, that's just Two it. or three months? Or? Yeah, because like bears, they're born in the den, blind, like a kitten, right? Like, like right. a kitten, yeah. And it takes, what, five weeks? Like a fox kit. Pretty it much takes like, like a fox, yeah. Five About weeks the for them to come out. Yeah. And we were so hoping this was a natal den because we'd be able to see them when they're first coming out of the den. You know, those exciting, the little interaction between little kittens and their mom and- this wasn't a natal den. So. So anyway, they have three or four dens. Yeah, we learned a lot. Three or four dens. The female's territory is about half that what the male's is. Very large territory. Yeah. She determines the territory that her kits will take over. Mm-hmm. She escorts them away and establishes them in their own territories. Fascinating stuff. So I can't believe she escorts them away. I she mean, does. that's something you guys learned, right? Yeah. Yep. And then how, when do they go out on their own? Is that like a year or is that a year well, and a half? Did right you after, learn that? Right after she um, – no, they have. They all have a family every year. Every okay. year. Like Fox. Every year. Yep. So 
The kits were at the den when the male, their father, returned to remate with the mom. We know that was the dad because he wouldn't have tolerated the kits being there. We were there for that moment. We never saw them breeding, mating, whatever. But we, we got the photo. The money shot was when the dad came down from above the den, sat down on a rock and started grooming himself. And the two kids were there. And I saw another cat and, I, and I'm thinking, wait, there are four cats here. There are four cats. Instead of three. Instead of three. Right. We'd only seen any combination of the three ever. And we're starting to recognize them. They're hard to tell apart. Right. Mm-hmm. But we finally got to recognize who was what. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wait a minute. That's not so-and-so. That's, that's, we've never seen that cat before. How is that possible? So he was larger mm-hmm. than, the, than the female. And then the two kids, one of them came out of the den, kind of wound his way behind the rocks. The mom, the dad, and the, the daughter were all sitting on individual rocks, grooming themselves with the snow around. And this little shy, the male, came out of the den, kind of walked behind everybody and, and finally turned his head. And it's, it's the moment that in my mind's eye I was going, just turn your head, just turn your head, just look at the camera, just look this way. Because everybody else is grooming, you know, they're, their faces are in there, right. covered by their paws and their ears are crooked. And so finally, we just started taking pictures and they, they looked up because they heard the shutters clicking. Bobcats respond to the shutters of the camera. They want to know where that sound came from. And so that shot we want, the one where they're looking at the camera, mm-hmm. the, the shutter's so kind all of, four, all four oh, of them man. looking yeah. right at the camera. A very unique photograph, really. Yeah, pretty special So moment. the style of photography that you guys do, mm-hmm. I mean, we're kind of jumping around here. I don't know. Yeah, we'll get back bit, on, yeah, we'll on your schedule, out. but... yeah. Well, you guys immerse yourself. I don't know totally. if you do that with it. I mean, you got totally. to do that with loons. You totally. did it with oh, bobcats. Totally. You've done it with bears. Everything. So if Fox, you're not like everything. a one-shot wonder where you get this oh. lead and somebody's like, oh, yeah, there's a an eagle that happened to be in town for a couple of days or, you know, over here in this rural area, and I'm going to go shoot that eagle and one and done. Right. You guys are more, you Passionate. find a situation, find something that's going on, and you dig in. I love that word you just, it's immerse. That's yeah. what it is. That mm-hmm. word you use. That's, there's no better word to describe what we're doing than that. Yeah, true. Yeah. And then, so it's hard. Yeah. With wildlife, it's hard, right? Because with this moose thing that we're doing, it's relatively easy. I would say that's one of the easier things to do. Oh, gosh. But I can't imagine a bobcat. Oh. That situation doesn't exist. I mean, how many... I've seen bobcats run across the road in front of my That's car yeah. or, you know, like you were saying earlier, to find a den and then to spend the time that it takes to develop a, a comfort mm-hmm. between you and that animal. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, that it's was not like really... you guys could just walk in there and shoot no, bobcats, right? That was a process. And it over the course of over two months, mm-hmm. we were able to gain 100 feet. A little over 100 feet we gained in two months as far as shooting distance. They knew we were there, of course. Yeah, right. We can't really hide ourselves. There was a a, a berm covered in snow that we kind of used as a buffer between us. 
we're not afraid. It's not like they're going to attack us for crying right, out right, loud. Yeah. But we want to give them their space and, and respect. We don't want their, to disturb them, really. Yeah, yeah you, you don't know, want to alter their behavior. No, no, no exactly. that's the whole idea. Right. I mean, I don't want just a picture of a a cat looking at the camera. The trouble with that particular subject was cats are curious. They hear the shutter. And even when we went to the mirrorless camera, there is a sound that is not heard in nature that they hear mm -hmm. when the shutter clicks. Mm -hmm. When I was on video, they were going about their business. I've got video of them grooming, the, the kitten going up to the mother, touching noses, the mother licking, you know, grooming the kitten, although it was like a 10-month-old kitten at the time, but still, mothers will be mothers. So how do you do that then? I mean, because as a wildlife photographer, you want the shot, right? That's the number one goal, right? Yep. So you want to get in there and ah, it's like panning. I talk about it like panning for gold all the time. Every sure. time you get mm -hmm. that shot, it's like a gold nugget, but you don't want to stop there, right? Because there's right. more nuggets out there to get. Of course. Right. So how do you restrain? I mean, because you know that, okay, I'm going to, I've got the situation. I've got this bobcat, but I can't push it. Mm -hmm. I've got to be very restrained. I've got to find this bobcat or I've got to have this situation where I can approach, but not approach too close. Yep. And then I've just got to call it good. It's then I got to back out and I got to let a day pass. And then I got to come back the next day. I mean, is that it. the process? Is that what you guys did? Twice how hard was it for you guys to be like, ah. Twice a day we did it. And um, I'll Twice. tell you, I'll tell you how hard it was. The second you're, you want to edge forward a little bit, those cats determined the distance. So they let you know right away that was a little too far because they vanished. They were gone. Yeah. Just disappeared. So, so your saving grace was that it was an, a, a, what, what kind of den did you call it? Oh. Just like a winter den? It's an over, they overwintered. Over, overwinter den. Yeah. Overwinter den. Yeah. So you, you knew they were coming back. And you didn't push it too hard, but you did have situations where you're like, oh, okay, we just we just went one foot too We didn't close. know anything. Mm -hmm. We were going there every day, twice a day, weather conditions notwithstanding. It did not matter. Yep. We went in. There, was, there were times when they weren't there for a week, seven-day stretch. So we thought, that's it. But we went Kept every day back, anyway. Though. Every day. Because you don't know. Right. We just look at each other. Well, is it over? You know, yeah, right. is, is it over? But and, and with you guys, and so on the eighth day after seven days of not oh, being there, it was Christmas. In, it was like Christmas, yeah. right? It's got to be somebody and was you there. Restrain too. You can't be high fiving and you know all that stuff out in the woods, right? Nope. You've got no, to just kind of be like looking Keep, over yeah, each other, it, and maybe giving it. a thumbs up, and yeah. that's about it. Right? There was a lot of that looking over at each other going on, yeah. like you know, you, part of it is this: yeah, is this yeah, really yeah, happening? Right. Can you believe this? Can you believe this? <laughs> and yeah. so that's you and I'm for yeah. how long? Two months? Over just over two months? Just over two months, yeah. And then, what do you think caused the end of that? Just as they, you know, you guys probably moved into spring, and they're just dispersing. No, she she had taken her. The last shot I got was the little daughter. Up on a tree, a fallen tree that she they used as a, a lookout. There was nobody else around. There had not been anybody else around for a couple of days. So I figured the mom had taken the little boy out, shy boy, the one that was attached to her apron strings. I knew yep. it was going to take her a while to get rid of this one. She was gone for a couple of days with him. And then 
I went back and there was nobody. So I think what happened was the mom came back with the daughter, yeah. escorted her out, and then she went someplace else to have her kids. That's she probably headed for the natal den and yeah. At the time, we were thinking it was the natal den. We were pretty right. much thinking it was. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't kind of like think ahead enough to, because we had snow. We could have at least tried to follow tracks, possibly looking for a natal den. But we were convinced we had found it. I think that's the way we felt, is that we were, you know, come, come May, there was going to be kittens in that little den. Right. Well, as it turned out, come May and June, the whole front of the den, it was, there was like a river nearby and the water flowed in. It was all, it was almost a flooded situation. And a really nice den, though, overwinter den. There were four uh, different uh, entrances. Egresses, yeah. Yeah. Entrances mm-hmm. and exits. Um, one on top, one around the back. Oh, they were like whack them all sometimes. Yeah, it was it was a great den. It was a really you know it was in a huge rock pile. And what what that whole story tells me is you guys did it just right because that situation yeah. existed yeah. for two months, yeah. right? You didn't pressure the animal. Oh, absolutely. You had your moments of learning. We yeah. did. They did, and yeah. you did. Yeah, right. But since it was there for two months, you guys did it just right. We expect to see her again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was my yeah. next question. Yeah. Do we do you think that that she'll come back to the we same do. spot. We do. I do because yeah. of the, uh, there's a food source nearby. Yeah. And that's. Yeah. That's one of those things, right? Pickings for, yeah. It's a lot of it. And it's a good yeah. den. It's a really good shelter for them. You know, the food of course is very important, but this was a really good den with full shelter for them. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So just bringing it back. I just want to go a little bit one step further into your business model okay. because you guys are, you guys could do this, what you're doing right now, pretty much till you ready to retire. We could, but you guys are evolving, right? So yeah, now yeah. you just yeah. recently got into, you're doing a lot more video. I would say yeah. Yeah. that first year you guys came to Alaska, I wasn't here. I didn't meet you that year. I met you a couple of years ago, but right. there was no video, right? That was no. all just stills. Just right. all stills. Mm-hmm. And then you guys have evolved into video. Yeah. Right. And then is that pretty much where you, Libby, did you start the video or were pretty you guys much. both doing video? No, she started. So what, yeah. what, why did you start that? I why? love watching doc. I love videos. I love watching documentaries. I love moving images. But on a DSLR, it's difficult with a big lens to do any videoing, hand-holding, needless to say, hand-holding, but just to to see anything on the um, screen on the back of the camera was frustrating and sometimes impossible. And when, when you're working with loons in the water, reflective water, and the sun's to your back and you've got the sun reflecting on the screen, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen. So I realized that videoing was not going to work for me until I got a proper video setup. So we got a video camera. So you got a real video camera. I got a video camera, not not like yours. Right. But I got a video camera. Sure. <laughs> Same problem. You still have this little flip out LED screen, right? And and here again, I mean, yeah, if I'm indoors, I can take great video, but I'm outside and I got the sun and I can't see. So, and you can't see if it's in focus and... um. Okay, so after 
exponential amount of frustration. <laughs> that camera learning. went back. Yeah, learning. Yeah, learning. That camera went back. And then um, it kind of morphed into this mirrorless. And I first got I, my first mirrorless um, outing was the, the first one that Nikon made. Oh, we're oh, Nikon boy. because you know how it works. I started out with a little Nikromat body. I had Nikon lenses and then I did the progression through the bodies and the lenses, right? So we stayed, I stayed with Nikon. That's the only reason I'm Nikon. Mm-hmm. So I got the Nikon first mirrorless thing. The V1, V1. or whatever. It felt like a toy. It was a toy. Yeah. yeah okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't happy with it. It went back. And I stood down on video for quite a while. And then I tried a couple of years ago with a DSLR. That said, now I'm on the, the Nikon Z and it's a game changer for me, at least with the video mm-hmm. through the viewfinder, everything. Through the viewfinder. You guys are killing it with that. Yeah. Before we get into those cameras, because I okay. want to talk about those okay. cameras. Okay. So that evolution of video. So yep. why did you start it? Were you using it in your booth? Were you using um, it to show people you, you have these still images, but you just happen to, oh, check out this screen over here, my laptop or you know something, and you're just showing video? Or was it just purely for your personal use? It was for my personal use because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I could not. You were ready it was embarrassing. Oh, uh, no, social media. No, couldn't people see, no. respond. Media. To it. They yeah. respond yeah. to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. that. So I got once I got a little bit better and the gear got better. Definitely, now it's going to find its way into our mainstream livelihood somehow. I mean, it's starting out with you know the, the social media, mm-hmm. which is really doing performing well there. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But um, that gets that leads me into where you guys are evolving to. You're going into YouTube now. Yeah. So now that you've had all those years of learning, mm-hmm. and you never stop learning with that stuff. You That's don't. True. You don't. I'd still and I still screw stuff up. Oh, screw well, stuff you, up you, on a regular basis. Well, uh-huh. But you're, you're, today. you're able to tell some stories from the shoots or from. The animal, you know, that perspective of, hey, this is a bobcat and this is what we've learned. You can tell that story. You can just show just cool stuff. You can do and, – and you guys have started monetizing the YouTube channel now. We have. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a big leap. That's it is, huge. right? Yeah. 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 But you just turned it on, what, a couple of weeks ago and, and couple, you're already seeing it kind of move. So are. who yeah. knows what's, what the it's, potential is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to stay with – that's another one of those things I think it's important for people to know is you can do the the shows and that is your stable income. Yeah. But you've got to constantly be trying something else and Absolutely. finding that next thing. And yeah. what, what keeps me out in the field? Let's try everything we can, whether it's social media, whether it's YouTube, right. whether it's who knows what. I think it's really cool. And you guys yeah. got quite a quite a little audience already uh, or subscriber what do they call them subs subs yeah subs i've got yeah. subs yeah, yeah. Subs. Subs. You got your subs. subs on youtube yep. you guys got Our a, peeps. Piece, yeah. a good little uh instagram following facebook is huge facebook. i don't get on facebook so i don't i have never seen your facebook We've got page but thirty one thousand on facebook you know it's a lot of fun um 
some business from from Facebook just through the messaging system. You said something the other day when we were out on the hill. Yeah, you were like, oh, oh, yeah. we've, got "We've got several orders, orders already. We've just got orders waiting at home on Facebook." Yeah. We sure. had to explain that we were here for a month and we couldn't, you know, print and send out while we were here, and they were okay with it. That's awesome. Yeah, and it all ties the it all ties in together because, of course, the videos tell the moving story of the static images that we sell. Mm-hmm. So, like. You had suggested, thank you so much, um, to incorporate some dialogue and some images of just us explaining where we are, what the environment's like, um, you know, what the shoot's like, what the setup is, and um, kind of leading into the images that we're going to show. And I think what's cool show. about it is when we talked about earlier and you talk about immersing yourself into that situation, whatever it is, the bobcat situation, the moose situation, loons. Sure. You guys are pulling in so much more knowledge than your quick little observation where you got one day of photos or one day of a, one day of an encounter and that's it. Yeah. You guys are be able to almost, it's it's like watching a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what sets you guys apart. I think that's, what's going to make the YouTube channel work is, Mm you're able to tell those stories much like they do on BBC or they yeah. do on National Geographic. Yeah, Only we do. it's from your perspective. Camp out. We spend a lot of time with these animals. Yeah. Well, I think it's pretty awesome. So that is just a snapshot into a way to make it. Sure. Right? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that information because I think a lot of people would be interested. I mean, everybody everybody wants to know how to make a living at this and it's not easy. It's it is not very easy. hard. It's a lot of work. We all work way more hours than your average person that has yep. an eight to five job, but we do it because we love it, right? That's, That's it. it. It's a passion. It's a passion. Can't say it enough. It's a passion. No, we get it every weekend. We get people coming to the booth and saying, oh, you know, I've, I've taken pictures and they show us what's on their cell phones. And um, they say, well, I want to do this. How do we get started? <laughs> And I just, you know, honestly have to suggest, well, if you really want to do it, you know, you've got to take your best images, print them, however you want to showcase them, whether it be frame them or matting them. Um, But you have to start small with the schools, the little school shows, like one day or two day shows. It's going to cost you. Right. Right. That usually stops a lot of people right there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was going to cost me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, nothing's not for nothing. Um, and then um, just don't don't expect a lot. That's just the best thing you can hope for. Is just start. Just get a start. Don't don't really think you're going to set the world on fire. And then be pleasantly surprised if you do. Right. It's an anomaly to set the world on fire as a youngster. Sure. Yeah. You know, I always, my barometer as I was rising up through the ranks was you look at all the successful photographers that were really making a a dent or really a household name, Mm. so to speak. Mangelson, Art Wolf. Yeah, yeah. You know, all these guys that have been doing it for 30 and 40 years. Yep. They didn't make it overnight. Right. Right. They put in the time and it's just, it's that deal. It's, if you're passionate about it, if it, if that's why you get up every morning, You'll make it. Mm-hmm. But if that's not why you get up every morning. It, yeah, it's, that's just a photograph. Yeah. It's really hard to start. It is. Yeah. I agree. With us, you, you come to New Hampshire in early May and try to find us at five, six o'clock in the morning. You're not going to do it because we're at the Loom Barn. You know, 
not one or two mornings, morning after morning. That's just what we're doing. We're not just photographing. We're studying. We're, we're looking for, they may change the nest location one year to the next. You know, you got to just search the whole pond, search perimeters of islands. There's so much more than photographing. You know, you just, and it's a passion for you guys, it is, right? It's you know? not. And then what? What is it about that returning? Because I would suspect mm -hmm. this is just a guess, but you guys could probably not have to go shoot anymore. You could take the images you have. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we get them, and that. you could live on that mm -hmm. and be done with it, right? With the field work, true. Sure. But the field work is what what drives this whole train, right? It really is. Yeah, I couldn't. Imagine not going out and oh, shooting gosh. again. No. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I can. No. <laughs> That's why I do it all. That's why I do all the work is it's to even, get the time in the woods. Like here, we get a day where the weather might kind of nix us from going out in the afternoon because we do two shoots a day, right? Right. So we get a morning shoot in and the weather turns nasty and we're like, oh, I got to get on something. I got to get, I gotta, I'm here to photograph. That's programmed in me. I'm just, I'm just going to be walking into walls. Otherwise I got to get outside and photograph something. Go find a magpie. I, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Magpie, camp robber, chickadee. I don't care. Right. Love it. Well, that hopefully will provide a, information for people and they can take and do whatever they want with it. But it's, yeah. it's an interesting story and it's, a, I think it's, I'm, have all the respect in the world for you guys for pulling off what you're oh, so able so. to do. Thank you, Mike. So let's move Pretty on to your camera situation because we've alluded to it a couple of times. Sure. And I think the whole movement is into this mirrorless technology, right? It so is. everybody's yeah. going there. I yeah. know sports photographers that have switched. I'm dabbling in it. You guys showed up this year and you're using, what is it? The Nikon Z7. Nikon Z7. Yeah. And last year, you guys were still on DSLRs. Shooting oh, yeah. the D850 Nikon. The 850 Which right. we brought this trip. We just haven't taken them out. They've never been in the They've woods not yet. They've never been in the woods. The, They've sat in the case the, the whole trip. Yeah. So what is so cool about... Now, you said it earlier. You yeah. start with Nikon, you stay with Nikon, Nikon's just it, That's right? It. Yeah. You didn't... I'm not made of money, therefore <laughs> I don't have them. <laughs> that, that sums it up. Yeah. But what is cool about the Nikon for you guys? We alluded to it a little bit earlier where you can switch from stills to video. It's got the stabilization, but kind of just give people a snapshot into that camera. Cause we haven't talked about that Z seven or that Z series at all. Mm -hmm. We've talked about the Sony's we've talked about the Canons with different guests. Okay. What is cool about that Nikon for you guys that just makes it the, the camera to be used. I don't know from Sony. I don't know from any of the others. So all I know is that when I stepped into this mirrorless from the D850, Videoing wise, um, they're both 488 megapixel. So that was a lateral shift, right? So I don't have to give up any any megapixels right. to get into this. So I have crop ability, crop factor, which I want. But more importantly was when I video here again, like I said before, looking at the screen with the sun and I couldn't tell if it was in focus and I don't want to get glasses. and any, The bottom line is... Because everything is right through the viewfinder, real time, any changes you make, ISO, whether it be the exposure compensation, anything, any changes you make are true through the viewfinder. I can tell if I'm in focus. I can see if I'm blowing out highlights. I can 
see that right there in my viewfinder. It's an electronic You can viewfinder. tell if you're shooting a silhouette. You can, yeah, if when you it, open up your exposure to let some light in, you see it happen through the viewfinder rather than just knowing it in your mind because you understand how a camera works. You actually see it through the viewfinder. So what you, you know. see is what you get. Yeah. 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 And, um, and that's more important to me in a video because I don't have the ability to, um, you know, it's raw versus JPEG versus, you know, post-processing. There is some, I'm going to get into that a little bit. I do it uh, through iMovie. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the ability to post-process a video the way maybe some more of those advanced programs offer. So that said, I want to be able to see what I'm shooting and what it's going to look like right now. Right. Real time. And it's a game changer for me. Because I don't have to hold the camera out in front of my face. You know, Is it lighter? It's lighter. Yeah. So that's I was just, too, right? I was just yeah. going to say, you know, she she's just giving you some reasons that, that she likes. And for me, it was really two things besides the advantages. I mean, it's obvious being able to look through the viewfinder as you shoot video. That That's pretty pretty great. Right. But for me, it was when I, when I hold the Z in my hand, the ISO button's in the same place. The exposure compensate. Everything's all the buttons are in the same place as on the A50. So the switch from pretty DSLR much, yeah. to mirrorless was pretty much the same. It doesn't feel like a toy. Yeah, it's well made. Yeah. It's rugged. It's got good weather sealing, um, and it's light. I mean, it's just light. We can just tuck it under your arm and just go. You know. Well, that's what when I met you guys for the first time last year. You see, yeah, well, I don't remember what you, you guys were using the 70 to 300, right? Yeah. And the yeah. D850. Yeah. So you've always traveled, you've always made mobility more important than packing a big 600 F4 out there because mm, no. for hiking. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. For these situations, yeah. for what we're doing, five, yeah. five to 10 miles a day. Yep. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is and, and pack a lot of equipment. The situations we get ourselves into with these moose. Yeah, you don't need much more. So you don't you have this ability to just be very mobile. And you, very you know, mobile. if you want to put on another two miles at the end of the day, you can. Right. Yeah. Because you haven't worn yourself out. So, can you use your old Nikon lenses with these new mirrorless cameras? Yes, with an adapter. So it's an adapter. So no. the, the mount has changed. The mount has changed. So it's you a, can it's buy a Z specific mount. lenses for the Z camera, but you can also take your old Nikkor lenses and yep. use what's called yep. the um. What is this? the FTZ or something? FTZ adapter, yeah, and it's very good. Doesn't yeah, all, it, it, it adapts the Z mount to the F mount. Yeah, right. So and everything works. You're out of focus. Everything works. Oh yeah, everything works. What about stabilization? So do you have stabilization in the lens itself? So if you had a Nikon, the old style lens that was stabilized, does that work with the mirrorless? Does that continue to work, or how does that work? Like, what do they call it? VR. Nikon called it VR, isn't right? Isn't it that some models do? The in-camera stabilization doesn't work unless you put what's called a Z-Lens on the front without the adapter. Then all the stabilization then is working. Then you've got lens stabilization lens and, and in-camera using a Z-Lens with the Z7 camera. But when you use the adapter, you lose the in-camera. But the lens, but the lens, the lens works. VR works, but the in camera yeah. does not. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, what the lenses you guys were using on this trip, 
was it that Nikkor lens or was it the Z series? Nikkor. Uh, Nikkor with okay. the adapter. So, and I've oh. seen the video you guys are shooting. It looks great. Yeah. So that it's, stabilization it's, that's working in that lens is fine. Is. Yeah. Well, I, we were talking about some of the shutter speeds we were shooting at. I mean, we were getting clean images at an 80th of a second. You right. Know. So what about video wise? Are you guys watching the shutter speed there too when you're shooting that stuff? Or are you just, whatever it is, you're just shooting video based off of that setting? No, I'm shooting video based off that. Off whatever that, you're two, getting two at the banks, moment. Yeah. Right. I've been keeping an eye on it. It seems uh, I see a 60th a lot, a 100th a lot. Mm -hmm. You just got the ISO set on auto ISO, mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's fluctuating. Oh, you do that? Yeah. Do you because leave that on for video too? I do for leave video. that on for yeah. video only because quite often we're we're up with a sky influence and then down in the dark. And so I it's adjusting. Does it, is it a subtle adjustment or do yeah. you see it? Yeah, I only use it for oh. video. I, I don't, don't I never use, for, use auto, don't use auto ISO on still right. pitches right. at all. A lot of guys do. I just don't no, ever. I, don't I want no, full control no, of that ISO at all times. Right. Except for video. I just I let it roam. And it doesn't, it, the it's, videos look great, you know. You've seen it, them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'd have to say that the the change in the in the viewfinder and in the, in the end product is um, very subtle, you know. It doesn't go, oh, I'm blinded by the, the backlit sky versus the foreground and um, bring the, nice, bring the nice camera technology. back down. Yeah. yeah. So one of the cons that I heard you guys talking about yesterday with that Nikon Z series is flying birds you were like no that's a no fly certain zone. lenses yeah. Yeah. i think yeah. too do you um, think you could do it if you had a z series lens on that camp would you get the speed and the autofocus to do a flying bird or i've taken flying birds with the z with my 500 so but it's not a z no it's not no they haven't made so they it's the f mount yeah okay it's the f mount but it worked so it did work yeah you know it's a it wasn't a fast moving bird it was a loon, but um, the fastest moving bird I've tried to get that I actually got, but it wasn't with a Z, is a, a little um, tree swallow, and they're tough, mm -hmm. as it was taking a drink off the, skimming off the water, you know? But, um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't use the Z no. for that kind of... I think the, it's the next generations of disease that are coming. There's probably going to be a Z8. Not probably. There is going to be a Z8. And Nikon the Z9 rumors. is going to be the equivalent of like a D6, I guess, right. is, is how you describe it. Which would be the, that camera is not going to be – DSLRs are gone. Yeah. Yeah, let's face it. In a couple of years. And, so, and right. let's see how that's going to perform as right. far as birds in flight go. Because I, right. I think that's going to be one of the things to address because that's pretty much the only – Weak point per se at mm -hmm. this point from the and Z7. I think that's across the board. I think yeah, you yeah. get that with Canon. I think yeah. I was fortunate enough to handle somebody's a Sony A9 okay. on that new two to six. Yeah, holy moly! Holy yeah, moly! Right? Yeah, holy it moly! Was yeah, so fast, amazing. I don't know for flying birds. I know I would. You're gonna get a success rate of focused images. Yeah, ninety percent or above. I would say I didn't get to see the images, you know, I just played with it. Right. But the speed at which it would acquire the focus was amazing. But that's the A9. 
Yeah. If you go to the A7. Yeah. See, Sony's pretty far into that mirrorless game. And that, they that's, really are. that's mm-hmm. you know, I mean, let's face it, they're in it. The timing's and, right for them, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, we yeah. just happen to shoot Nikon. Right. <laughs> you know, I um, would much rather just stay with the Canon, but I know that that Canon is so far behind the, the Nikon. Yeah. That I just don't want to go. I don't want to go there. I'm not, I'm not against it. Mm-hmm. All right. If they came, if they came out tomorrow with the Canon that would yeah. rival Keep the up. Nikon of what you guys are doing, yeah. I would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't think it's there yet, but I think it's close. Yeah, it is. Yep. But it just takes time to do that. It does. So that's cool. The Nikon stuff is. It's, it's working. It's there. Yeah. It's, it's there. It's definitely there. Especially for what you guys are shooting with the moose. We, we ordered the moose. It, was, it was right in the middle of the bobcat find. You know, we was, we started the bobcat shoot with, with the A50s. Yeah. But we started thinking video and it was that was right when the Zs were being released. And So you our, just did it. Our first we clicks did. with the Zs were at that bobcat then. It was so great being able to look through that viewfinder and film. Oh, what a difference. Yeah, that was that was the beginning with us with the, with the Z's. Yeah, so that was just this past winter. Yep, when they first came out. So you probably could put the eight fifties on Craigslist and be <laughs> pretty much. I don't know. <laughs> Such don't know, a fabulous though. camera. I don't know. But when I go when I go back to the eight fifty, I I still. So you do go back. Well, yeah, yeah, we do go back. I'll what be I'm using not it tomorrow using is away the, from the moose. Okay. Yeah, because I I'll take both rigs with me tomorrow. Okay. One for videoing. Right. And I'll be on the 850 for stills because I'll have my 500 on the. It's, you know, I just, I don't like to change lenses. I can carry two cameras when I'm in a situation like that because tomorrow we're not going to be hiking. So it'll be car or it'll be just short, short, short little walks. walks. Yeah. Short little yeah. walks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's just switch gears and let's just okay. wind this whole conversation up. Although sure. this might be kind of involved. Uh-huh. I hope it is because uh-huh. we both have a lot of uh, stories to tell, I think. But as you've figured out through this conversation, we're here in Alaska. We're shooting moose. You guys have been doing this for what, four or five years? This is our fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. I've only been doing it for a couple of years, but we yep. know of a place in Alaska. We do. Where we can find moose pretty reliably. Mm-hmm. And especially in September when the rut is on, you tend to get a lot of action. And if you just spend your time, I mean, you can still have days where you go, yep. don't click a shutter, right? You just, that's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens. But then you have other days that are kind of magical, like this morning, which is what we want to kind of just do a little, just provide a little snapshot into what happened, right? Whew. How would you, if, whoever, just how did this morning go down and what were you think? I didn't have high hopes, but when we got out there, it just was perfect. Who, who wants to start I can out? lead because I'm okay. the big mouth, the one that talks first in a crowd. So <laughs> the way our day goes is um, we first get to an area where we can hopefully glass and see if there's anything around. Not always easy. Um, sometimes broken trees and rocks and bushes look just like a moose, but... When it's still dark. But when they're moving... You're pretty. You're pretty sure it's a moose. Well, we don't. We we want to hang around and wait till it gets light, but then we're so eager we want to get down there and see if it's a moose too. So well, I think what I run into there is if you wait for the perfect light, then you're missing this perfect light on what could be yep. filmed exactly. And we're when you say glass, just for anybody that doesn't get that, it's binoculars. We're right. just sitting up using binoculars to yep. try to identify. Oh, hey, there's a moose. 
yeah. two miles in this direction and there's another moose in two miles in this direction or, hey, there's one 500 yards away. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to identify those locations where potential is. Yeah. That, that it's an animal. Yeah. Beyond that, we really don't know much. Right. And sometimes we, you know, if you can see antlers, then chances are it's a bull. Yeah. And we want that. Right. Um, so we head down into this, wherever we see them, away from where we are, we head toward the animal, which is usually a pretty good hike. And it's not easy terrain. If it's open and not heavily wooded, then it's going to be tall grass and it's going to be willows, which are really woody, stemmy, um, hardwood, short-growing growths. I call them ankle biters. Oh, yeah. man. They, they are. It's like, it's like hobble brush. Um, they do. They grab your ankles and you get tripped up in them. But then all around that is that soft, spongy, tundra-y stuff that you can set your foot down in. And next thing you know, you're six inches down and filled with water. So you've got this, I call it up-down walk. And you're meanwhile... The grass is as high as an elephant's eye, right, to us, because it's over our heads. So you lose sight of where you are in reference to where this thing that you're going after was. And it's deceiving. They're moving. It's deceiving from the far with binoculars because you look out through there, through, look through binoculars, and you're like, oh, it's just an easy oh, little jaunt. Cinch. Yeah. You know, but... Or even the alder patches. Oh, we could just go right through this alder patch. Mm, that's not happening, right? I'd like to point something out. It was you this morning, Michael, because you led the match. I mean, you know, we're talking right now, but we we just followed. You just took this path. All I was doing was following behind you because you seemed to be taking the right that's what true. do you want to call it? The aim, that. you know? You were on the beam. You were, well, you, you were headed the right direction, and I knew it, so I didn't try to do anything else. And, what I was trying to do was keep up with you, and I couldn't quite do that. I'm saying to myself, man, he's a beast. Well, <laughs> I went a lot lighter this morning. Oh. I wasn't trying to pack video. And yeah, you were still packing heavier than we were. That was the part of the morning <laughs> that was cracking me up at first, was yeah. just, just how quickly you were getting to where we need to go. Well, and I oh. think the reason for that was, it's kind of what we alluded to, yeah. is we yeah. got there and we see this bull, and we're like, oh, he's moving up. Wow. So then my whole thought was, okay, well, let's get – close but then let's move up and maybe try to inter not intercept but get ourselves in a position where yeah. if this bull comes towards us we're going to get that killer mm -hmm. shot so that was my whole thing is i was like i just i let's just go let's just figure this exactly. out exactly so so we get through all this tall grass and tundra and ankle biters and take it away I guess give us a snapshot into this moose so this moose we identified we thought it was a moose that we've well, you guys thought. I don't. I'm we not did. familiar with this moose, and that's the cool thing. I think let's point that out too. Is we we're here for such a long time that you almost have a. Well, we actually end up naming these moose, right? Because well, you, you have, have to, to, you have to have a way to keep them just straight. so we can yeah. talk about them. Yeah. And then, yeah, if you guys are down the valley and I'm up the valley, I can say, "Oh, I saw this bull this morning." And if right. I say a name that we've given it, then yeah. you right. guys know exactly, exactly. who was there. Yeah. And it's right. kind of interesting just to. Follow the dynamics of what's it's going fun, on, right. too, right? It's, it's yeah, fun. Yeah, like one was up here yesterday, and so-and-so saw him down here, and now he's all the way down there. And then, you know, that afternoon, you'll see one 
way back up where he started. It's and that's miles. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. So I was going to say it could be five or ten miles, and so we saw a bull yesterday mm-hmm. that we thought we knew, right? Right, and mm-hmm. so. And we left yesterday. Yes. So we, we saw thought we knew him, him and we hadn't seen him this year yet. Yeah. We, right. we knew of him. Right. So we that was our thing this morning is, oh, that bull's in the same spot. I bet it's the same bull we saw yesterday. Yep. Let's go check it out. Yep. So we we head down there and take it from there. It was a good bull. He was a three by three. Which is what? Uh, three brow tines each side. It was a big, big moose, and it was a guy we thought we were familiar with, and he was just feeding. The rut was pretty much calmed down, and they resumed feeding at this point. What we weren't expecting was another bull that we're pretty familiar with to come marching in after an hour or so of us basically just photographing this big bull feeding. We were having a really good shoot with the bull, you know not changing his behavior or anything and just kind of, it was a dance. It was kind of a dance out there. When all of a sudden that, that bull come in and whoa, heads wagging. And so let's, uh, so when you take a picture of these bulls and when they're out there and, and if that bull would have been there by himself for the whole morning, it would have still been great, right? Yeah, it would. But you're not going to get those images that, you're just going to have another picture of a moose. That's yep. right. Yep. You know, the thing that might be cool about it is the light or yep. you might get a mountain behind it or you might right. get. That's all we were going that's for, it. right? That's it. We just Pick thought, his head up okay. off the grass. And I think we're all shot. trying to play those mountains a little bit. You know, yeah. that's all part of it. It's, a, a, it's, sil- yeah, it's a fun shot. Silhouettes, yeah. uh, mountains in the background, those types of things, you know, and some close-ups here and there. Right. Yeah, get him but, to um, pick his head up from eating and prick his ears up a little bit, you know, just something to make him look like he's interested in something. And let's explain. So with the moose rut, yep. when they're actually in the middle of the rut, yep. these bulls don't eat. They, That's right. They, they basically eat. stop eating. They and do. And they're 100% focused on That's right. finding cows or maintaining cows. They stop right. eating. Right. Yeah. Yep. But now we're past that period. Yeah. It's kind of the boring period. We're, we didn't but, expect anything this morning. No, no, exactly. Yeah. But and but they, the fighting's going to stop. Right. The eat they start eating and then they how do you get a up. good picture of a eating moose? You, I mean, you just it. don't. You right? just get a video snippet and and it's this long and that, well, all it does is shows you that okay, this is this is what they look like when they eat. I mean, it really doesn't do much. Right. So we were going to get something no matter what. We were just hoping we were going to have the light working for us, or we were going to have. You might cross a stream, which would might make take it a different. drink of water. Do might something. Take, <laughs> yes. Do you give us something that yeah, just right. identifies a really cool, different picture that we don't already have. Right. And getting on a three by three is is always a good thing, you know. In this area, I mean, we're not we're not way up in the in Denali or anything like that, you know. In the area we're in, you get on a three by three bull with with a good bulky body. It's a nice moose. A to good photograph. mature moose. That's a good mm-hmm. moose to photograph. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of lesser moose in the area for sure. So that was there. That situation existed for what an hour? Yeah. And then that little bull. There was a little three year old kind right. of came in, uh, kind of on top of me. I didn't even know he was there. And um, 
got the big bull to pick his head up a little bit and kind of give him a hairy eyeball and kind of drop an ear at him and tilt his head. And I'm thinking, no, really? This is going to amount to something? No way this little sprite's going to, you know, answer to this. And sure enough, the little guy thought better of it and went on his way. And we thought, okay, that was fun for a second. Because it gave us a different a little view something. of the big guy, Just right? a little something. It he was you know, he, he dropped that and... ear like I I like that look when they it's like a broken ear mm-hmm. and they give them that eyeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's no mistaking that. And they tilt their head like they're going to start to head wag and walk toward them, which is like, you're going to get out of here or you're going to answer to this. Explain what a head wag is. It's going to be. Mm. Moose have the most slow motion invitation to a fight of any animal on the planet. What they do is they pick their heads up a little bit and tilt them to the side and they usually drop one ear. The, the ear just kind of drops down like it's broken. The other ear might go back like a horse's ear goes back, but then they get their eyeball. <laughs> they roll their eyeball out. So a lot of the sclera showing, a lot of the white of the eyes showing, yep. and they just tilt their head back and forth in a slow motion way. And each time they do it, they roll that other eyeball at the direction of the other bull. And then they do it back and forth. And it's intimidating as all get out. If you happen to be standing anywhere near a bull, when he's actually head wagging to another bull that's in the area, but it looks like he's doing it to you, that's scary stuff. That that's like pick up your stuff and go home. That's it. That's like <laughs> yeah, disappear into the trees. Yeah. Wow, it's, it's it's happened to us a couple of times. We don't ever want to put ourselves in the line of of danger ever. But sometimes a bull will just materialize, and you you know it's the stuff is thick around you, and next thing you know, you see this thing waltzing in slow motion with his head, his rack just going back and forth over the grass, and it's. Sally bar the door. So that wagon, is that, I've always understand it. You know, everything you described is spot on. Mm. But when they're wagon, are they trying to show that other bull how big they are? Oh, yeah. Are they yes. trying to show I both of the paddles and they're just trying to show, hey, I am something here. This is you what you're going probably, to answer to yeah. if you answer to me. Stuff's about to go That's down. Way That's you right. want to deal with this? That's right. You want a piece of this? Yeah. I've That's always exactly understood it that way. Yeah. That they're yeah. trying to look even bigger and better than they even are. Yeah. So we got that waggle. And that was just more of a, we're in a time period where, I think you said it earlier, they do pal up. Yep. So yep. there is no palling up um, happening during the rut. No. no. I mean, a bull is going to defend his territory and defend those cows. Yep. That's it. No it's questions each asked. Each man for himself. And they're not yeah. putting up with any right. small bull being within 100 yards. Correct. Right. right. We've seen them just right. run them just off. Just chase them off, off over Because and over. I think the young bulls uh, send the cows away. The cows want to run away from the young bulls. Mm-hmm. So the big bulls want to keep the young bulls out of their area. They're not a threat to the big bulls' territorial harem. They really aren't. The cows aren't going to allow the young bull in. To the, you know, they're, they're there for the big bull. Right. Given the age difference of the bulls. Sometimes they get closer in age and things happen. But I think what we, Rick and I were discussing this the other day, why do they spend so much energy, these big bulls, running Those these little bulls off? Bulls, because yeah. they'll they'll charge them. They'll gallop. They won't just do a couple bluff charges. They run after them. They run them off. And 
we kind of came to the conclusion that it's got to be because the young bulls will make the cows run away because cows are like, leave me alone. Yeah, and they'll trot away. And then the big bull's got to go gather up his cows. So it's easier for him to take care of the one problem than it is for him to go round up his six cows. So I agree with that. we've seen that time and time again, but they, they use a lot of energy doing it. They do. And then they'll stand there heaving and in, in, in gulping for air for a while after yep. that. Stomach and heaving in now, you know, and don't forget, they're not eating, you know. That's All what I was just going to say. Yeah. They're not eating. So they're so, kind of worn down. Yeah. Well, they could be worn yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. So then just... this lull in between ruts, because there's a second rut coming to catch the, the cows that hadn't been caught up yet. In this lull, it's like a little timeout. Everybody can... Stand down from the fighting, and um, eat, and they kind of pal around a little bit, and then so they, the bulls then they, will pal around. They this will. Time of, yeah. So that's why we thought that this was going to be the time of the rut where everything's kind of calmed down. It's shutting down. Um, we're not seeing the typical rut behavior that we've been seeing, and we're seeing a lot more feeding. And we're thinking, oh, it's man, it's it's over. It's pretty much over. Until Especially for us, because we're all leaving to go back. Really, to, we are. right? And yeah. we've been through it all. I mean, we've seen all the behavior. We've seen it. It's wonderful. All. It's wonderful. But we have never been here for this part, where it just kind of stands down, slows down, and, and then everything kind of ceases and desists, and then life goes on as usual. Well, we thought that's what was happening today. We thought it's just there. We're going to see a bunch of bulls eating. There, you know, a bunch of animals. There, are, there are hardly any cows around anymore. There. Until after that little bull was head wagged off, this big bull picked his head up a few minutes later and he gets that eyeball, <laughs> starts his head wagging. I'm thinking, what? What? Is that little bull back? Is he that? Is he that stupid? <laughs> so I had to step around and, and see because like I said, grass is as high as our eyes and I'm um, kind of find a clearing and I saw over in the alder, alders there, I saw these two big white paddles sticking up in the air. I'm thinking, oh, that's a big bull. Oh boy. Here it comes. Here it comes. So now we're all, those of us who were there, I don't want to make it sound like there was 10 photographers. There were 10 photographers there. There were a few of us there, but still the, the ground is tough. The terrain is tough to move around in and we've got to make ourselves safe. Or we're, we're trying to pick out where we're going to be because we see what's going to go down. Both of these bulls start head wagging that's when your pulse starts to quicken because we thought this was over and it could still turn out to be that this they just get within a few feet of each other and just walk away yep right. we've seen that time and time again yep right um that's what the prudent bull does who who figures okay you know what i don't want to be bothered i'm not going to do this there are no calls around i i didn't think this was going to end up the way it did today but sure enough, we all picked a safe place to stand, and in comes this bull that we know very well, your best buddy, <laughs> number three, yeah. and, um, and he starts head-wagging, and, and wow. this bigger three-by-three bull is head-wagging, and I'm thinking, nobody's backing down. This is, this is going to happen. And so well, the, they the, went at it. The interesting thing for me on that was mm – -hmm. You guys have actually witnessed a couple of full-on fights this year. We have. I've missed them. We have, yeah. I've got some clinking of antlers and just some hierarchy stuff that wasn't really serious, but you guys have actually seen a couple. We have. And the way you explained it to me is they oftentimes will move to higher ground mm -hmm. and they'll yep. have these battles mm -hmm. in this higher ground. Yep. 
And my thought process this morning was, okay, I want to be on, I want the send of my back. So mm-hmm. I'm going to keep moving up. But as I'm moving up, these bulls are moving with me. And I'm like, no, guys, <laughs> I just am trying to find a little safe spot. And I don't want to be in the middle of That's this. It. And I just want to be far enough away that I can get a cool picture. But I don't want to get in the middle. And I'm like, and then I started thinking about what you guys told me yep. about these other five. And I'm like, okay, this son of my back is out the door. I'm yep. going the other way. Yep. So I ended up going the other way. And I, and as soon as I did that, I felt safe because they just kept going. They just kept going exactly where I was going. Man. And when you do get that stink eye oh, or that hurry of my ball. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it intense when, when that's leading up to it? It's just so intense. Yeah. So it, they- ex- explain that just that as it's leading up to it. We've kind of done most of it, but we haven't actually talked about when they actually clashed. Yeah, because um, you don't know if they're going to or not. Like Libby right. was just saying, they could just turn and walk away. But we have seen them come within inches, within inches. Yeah, where it it looks like they're just going to go at it. And one, and I've got video of this where they're they're just so close, and you're thinking, okay, it's going to happen, going to go down, <laughs> and one just wheels around and whines. Yep. Oh, and they cry baby and, and off they go. And they do that. They do whine, right? They do Oh, moan. they absolutely do. They sound like a cow. They sound like a calf. Don't pick on me, please. Don't pick it. And, and we, we've seen it after the fact, after a fight, where the one bull that didn't win didn't necessarily lose. It's funny because it wasn't a clear cut and dried situation, but one, one determined that he didn't win. But he stood there. He didn't leave. He just stood there and whined. Put his head down in the hemlocks to hide his face and whined. Get on video. I'd, the other bull just stood there like, and don't come back. <laughs> and that's leave. that. <laughs> right. But the moment that they, that they do finally clash. The force. It, it's so fast. And it's so furious. There is no, all that preamble, that's done with. Now the gloves are off and they just go at it, hammer and tong. And that's why if you're ever lucky enough to film bulls fighting, you've got to be out of that area. You can't be anywhere near it. Because as this thing was headwagging, they kept coming up higher ground. I'm, I'm kind of sideways in front of the one bull, kind of sideways to the other. And I'm just looking for trees because I'm out in the open. You can't be out in the open. The only trees next to me at the time were dead. <laughs> it's not going to help you. Believe me, these guys will go over through around. They, they'd only go around probably a tree that's got a three foot in diameter girth, right? And there aren't that many there. Out aren't there aren't any of those there, right. period. <clears throat> so you got you to gotta find yourself you gotta stay enough safe. cover and, and no that you can still move and dance out of their way, right? Because they don't care what's there. So I see this thing starting and I'm thinking, don't come don't come towards me, man. Go go up. You're supposed to go up. And they didn't. They they were they kept coming sort of in my direction. So I'm trying to step around all that and find a safe place and and be able to maybe actually photograph it. And too. you want at least 30 yards, 40 yards, oh, 100 feet, 50 anyway. yards. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. 
Because yeah. you, yeah, they cover so much ground. They cover so, a lot of ground sometimes. Yeah. And if it's a true battle, I would say this morning was a true battle, but it was, it was. A, short. a rut battle. Very short, right? That You're wasn't right. A, a battle over Cows. breeding rights. Right. That was a battle over just a hierarchy thing. Yeah, yep. But yeah. it was a serious battle. It was. Yeah. It was. But had it been for cows, that thing could have lasted two oh, or three, that or four been, minutes. Yeah, because there would have been more yeah, push they're the other pretty ball. even. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. And in that situation, if it's going to go for two or three or four minutes, they can cover a hundred yards in oh, this fight. They easily. Can, they can cover three football fields. Yeah. They can push each other down. We, we watched a fight where, again, the bull, they're going to higher ground. The, the, the one that can do the pushing more, you know, bigger, stronger, whatever has the advantage of the up, uphill side. Pushing this other bull, we watched this bull just flying through the air, going downhill. And all he could do to save himself was plant his right foreleg on the ground and then pick it up and then and then plant it like he was screeing down a mountainside on one leg. Because th that other bull just kept pushing him. Had he fallen over, I that would have been the end of that bull. I have no doubt. Well, there are a lot of bulls that do die every year in fights because That's they get true. impaled, right? That's right. They get impaled, yeah. So it's it's just one of those things where you just you gotta yeah. know what you're doing. You do. You do. I, this is not for somebody nope. that doesn't have experience leading up to this, right? right. And it's probably a couple of years worth of just watching and observing and yep. understanding. And and again, I took that whole your stories. I'm thinking that I'm thinking about your stories when I, I'm walking and they keep, I just want this under my back. I just want to be out of your way. I want this under my back. Right. That's all I'm trying I'm to do. I'm a photographer. This is how I think. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not, they're not going, they're not listening to my yeah, direction. My, they don't take yeah. direction. Yeah. And you know, it's how, how could wow. they do? But I just, at that point when your stories are like, they're going for higher ground, they're going for higher, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. Screw this under my back. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah. I'll still be able to get some shots. Yep. I just need to be safe. And right. I need to be That's 50 paramount. yards at a minimum away from this thing because who knows what's going to go down. Paramount. So, Safety is rule number one. Yeah. Be safe. Don't be stupid. Don't be right. dead. Yeah. Be safe. Take, you know, the picture will eventually. We've been on four fights. Four, four fights. Four fights. Four all out fights. Now, yeah. the other day. You know, Rick missed it. The other day I got the great head wagging. The, they were speed walking and head wagging. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, they were like, we're going to go fight over here. Let's get there and rescue right now. Okay. I couldn't get around to get to photograph them because the cow that they were fighting over, her calf was blocking my – I couldn't get around. I didn't want to walk around the calf. You can't take, alter their behavior. Right. Absolutely not. Right. I'm not going to push the calf out. So I was stuck there behind behind a tree, behind a calf. Yep. Unable to get the fight that you heard, saw, you oh, know, right. that was the, oh, that, the big tree oh, yeah. waving in the, when they went crashing into the trees. And I don't know that anybody actually got it. <laughs> Rick could have had it, but it, you know, it's these, you know, we all didn't work think, out. Things happen, yeah. right? Just didn't work out. Yeah. So. Well, that's, it's I okay. think that's a, an important point. Yeah. If you see an image of a fight mm -hmm. that is a good image, yeah. everything fell into place. Everything had to go right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe Where a little luck. Fought, yeah. The direction they went. Yep. The light. Yep. 
Yeah. Where the photographer chose to put themselves. You, yeah. Yep. I mean, there's so Good many luck. elements that have to go into just getting that one shot. Right. It, yeah. And I guess that's a gold nugget that I was speaking to earlier, right? It's yeah. like when that all happens, it's like. <gasps> First so, of all, be on a fight. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Just to be on a fight instead of, you know, looking through that, binoculars watching it. Yeah. You know? You'd think that yeah. you'd see more of them, but they are that elusive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you saw a fight, really? Right. So, yeah, it's, but it's huge. We, I got, we got one the other day, but here again, tall grass, got the, like the upper two thirds of the animals, but you could see that it was in here. The thing about video, you can hear it. But today was good though. I mean, it's, it was a straight shot. Yeah. So what we need to do is you guys are going to take this conversation possibly mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. match it with your some of your videos so yeah, that sure. we can have a play-by-play kind yeah. of thing yeah, I can with stream the video. It so yeah. anybody listening to this podcast needs to go to your YouTube page, which is Moose Man. Nature Photos. Moose Man Nature, Nature Photos. Photos. On YouTube. On that's correct. And that's also on your website. That's yeah. correct. I'm sure you have links or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you need to go watch this video that you guys shot. out. I was yeah. so envious of you guys shooting video, and I have to pick and choose. And today I chose right. stills. Right. Yeah, and I think I got some really good stills. You but did. the video is awesome because, like you said, you can hear it. Yeah, you can see yeah. this wagon. It's yeah. hard to see the wagon in a picture. It, it is. is. Yeah. I mean, no, it anybody is. that's seen it knows exactly what's right. going on. Right. But if you haven't seen it, you're gonna be like, "What in the hell is that?" Has he got a bee in his ear? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Go look at this video because it. The and I think you got the shot, Rick, this morning. He got you it this got morning. the video this morning. I just happened Libby to be got in the right the place. Day. She yeah. did. I got yep. some of it today, but I but I got I went from stills to video, you know. So in that transition, you know, it's what it's a couple then, seconds. And your angle and my angle wasn't was not as good the best. My angle was Rick the best. Had. Yeah, right. And you show it, and so I I when you when you were showing me the video this morning because mm-hmm. we looked at it in the field because it was just so cool that we had yep. to look at it. I think you it was a minute thirty. Yeah, it was a minute and thirty-seven seconds. Yeah. That's a wagging yeah. involved. Yeah, with that, the wagging, because a fight was including a matter of second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it, this day and age, I think that video is so much more valuable than any stills that you could get, just mm. because that is what's going to build well, your YouTube channel. I agree, and that is it's just awesome. The reason I, it came to be, though, you know, they just if you saw when you were watching the video, they just happened to turn. Just enough, so they were just straight on. It was just I just happened to be in the right place, you know. I mean, I was profiles. Trying, I was trying to get, in, you know, in a good spot, but but nothing's guaranteed because those bulls are turning and twisting and turning. But they just right when they decided to go at it and clash, just turned enough so it was a straight on shot to where I was standing. Just it was right there, right and in front, right, right, right in front of me. Video. Yep. Just boom. And I think about, so I was showing you guys some images because I came back real quickly and went through some of them. Yeah. I knew with this force and the speed in which they were fighting that the ISO and the shutter yeah. speed that yeah, I had was speed. never going to work. Yep. Mm-hmm. So during the middle of the fight, I'm changing my ISO to ramp it up. To try <laughs> does to get it give you much time to get shots no. after that, does it? Because no. it's, so, it's so quick. Exactly. Yeah. So I missed a lot of it yeah. just because. So the video yeah. was so perfect this yeah. morning. It was just so perfect to be I haven't on seen that. it yet. Oh, you're going to love it. I know I will. Yeah. The stuff that you guys have come away with over the last 30 days mm-hmm. is oh, amazing. Yeah. What a difference two, from two last fights. year. Yeah. Two fights. Two good fights. And then how much behavior? Oh, so much Buku behavior. Buckets. Just tons just of behavior, right? Massive tons, tons of, of behavior. behavior. 
And the other day we got on it, there's a bull that got injured in, in the fight that we, that I videoed. Mm -hmm. He was a victor in that fight, but he came away three-legged. Now he's since nursed himself somewhat back into health. He's three and a half legged. He has himself a harem of, of cows with him right now. So he's still working it. But the other day he was down bedded, clearly did not want to be bothered. Just wants to bed, wants to heal. Here comes this bull from way far away. You see the little paddles above the alders and then it comes into a clearing. Now it's not a big bull. He's not necessarily a threat to this bull, but he comes to see, you know, this bull's in bed. So he's going to come marching in. And sure enough, when they're about in the same, I screwed back my lens and I got them both in the same frame. This, this one bull that's healing gets out of bed. Now he's bigger, tougher, more head rack, I mean, more headgear rather, clearly can best this little guy, maybe three-year-old. So he stands up and kind of gives him that hairy eyeball, tilts his head a little bit, yeah. breaks his ear. <laughs> and the kid goes, yeah, <laughs> I think you're hurt. Uh, check this out a little bit. So the little guy comes up a little closer to this bull. I've got this video. It's It's on YouTube. What was amazing to me, and I've never seen this before, despite all the warning signs, the big bull, you know, he wasn't aggressive about it. He just kind of said, really? <laughs> <laughs> but the little guy came up and he said, well, maybe I want to play a little bit. You know, he wasn't that little a bull. Right. They touched noses. So unusual. You know, they instead of getting noses. chased away. Yeah. It was like, a, I'm going to tolerate this and I'm going to play your little game. But know this. But yeah. This is what happened. The bull says, the big bull says, but know this. He gives, I don't know what, I don't know what happens in the eyeball. I know they give him the hairy eyeball because I've seen, he'd already done that. But this time he turned his head a little bit. I guess there he's showing his antlers. To, and he gives him a look and I didn't get that on the video because he's turned away from me. But that little bull went, oh, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> and he, he spun away, he, he walked away, and then he came back a little while later. And they're eating together, right? And the next thing you know, he kind of looks up at the big bull like, mm, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and the big bull says, I don't think so. Just like that, I don't think so. Really quietly, very subtle. He did something and he looked, it was something in his eye, something about the angle of his head. And that kid took off this time. He wheeled around and took off. So there's so much to their body language, how they communicate one to another. That, but it was, and I had comments on, um, on the YouTube page and one of them was, somebody commented that what, what profound respect that showed that, the big bull to the little bull because hmm. he could, he could have been so intolerant of him. He could have just said, <laughs> I will wipe the floor up with you. Three <laughs> legs, two legs, right. you know, it matters not. Um, but it was just, it was really, it's yeah, so it you learn nice. something every time you go out there in the field. Well, and that's what I was going to say. That instigates yeah. the learning on our part too. It does. Right? It does. You know, there's so many ways you can take that. Is it, he knows he's hurt. He knows he doesn't want to exert any energy. He's going to tolerate a lot more. Mm -hmm. Had he been a not hurt, 
That oh, he would right. never he would, have happened. Right. He would have chased him. Yeah. yeah. He would have chased him. Yeah. Would have been gone. Absolutely. But then there's also the thing that here you got an injured bull, and you know he's got a short fuse. He's hurt. He's been aggressive all this whole month. And so, you know, I could just see him, because I've seen him trot. I've seen him trot. He looks pretty sound when he's on a mission. You and I saw him the yep. other day. Yep. Hurt. Um, you saw hurt. him hurt trotting. Trotting. So I know that adrenaline can surge and, and take over. And had he decided to dispense with that kid, he could have very easily done so. But right. it was just a moment that I'd never witnessed before. You know, so whatever the circumstances leading up to it it going down was just really interesting behavior to me. Just I can sit there and watch them be and be fascinated by that. Yeah. The fact that I'm carrying a camera only adds to it. And so. you get to document. I mean, wow. we talk on this podcast all the time. If you're going to be passionate about this and if you want to be a wildlife photographer and if you're going to go somewhere – if at all possible, you want at least 10 days because it takes a while oh, yeah. to find a, you, it does. let's say you're going to go to Yellowstone or you're going to go to right somewhere in California to shoot tule elk or you're going to go yep. shoot loons. Yep. If you only have three days, at the end of the three days is kind of when you're figuring stuff out. Yeah. Just starting the phase. So you just, just starting, start, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So 10 days gives you time to figure it out. Yep. Maybe a couple of bad weather days, yep. right. maybe a little bit of, ah, there's not a lot of activity, but you might out of 10 days, 10 days, get one or two good days where you're going to get some good shots. The cool thing about what we've been able to do this month is 30 days. Um, I mean, unprecedented. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Now I was getting work done. I was still working in between oh, yeah. getting stuff done, but yeah. having that kind of time. And I, I just, it's so cool to get that much history over those 30 days of who's running the show up there, who lost, oh, you know, so, it's how it so changes week to week, you know, how different stages of, of the rut. Yeah. It's just so and just fun. even the vegetation. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we first got here, yeah. it was still green. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then it moves into fall and fall's gone. Yeah. And we're into snow. Everything looks non-nutritive that they're eating right now, but wow. somehow they must derive some kind of mineral value and, and nutrition out of it. Where they're drinking mm -hmm. in these little mud pool bog things must be so mineral rich because they've yep. got the creek to drink out of a lot of times there's a creek around right so we've seen just all kinds of fun stuff just every day is a, an adventure yep and we get we hit it twice a day twice a day and, and so <laughs> if it's really good you stay out all day you stay right? out yeah you just don't come in yeah. Bring extra take food, food. <laughs> 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 who needs water just take wow. food <clears throat> yeah it's been magical it is so awesome. Yeah. It is. Well, I appreciate all the download. Cool. The, everything that we've talked about is so awesome. And I oh, hope people find you. it interesting and find all so the too, stuff yeah. that hey, definitely got to go to your website, your, well, your YouTube, mostly yeah. to see the video. Yeah. Check and go that's check out constantly being worked on. So. Everything that you guys so are doing. So subscribe and join yeah, the party. Subscribe for sure. Comment, check out Facebook. There's a lot of content on there. I mean, YouTube is relatively new to us. Right. But the Facebook channel has been, has been live for, you know. A long oh, time. Almost 10 long, years. Long right. So there's a lot of content on there. You know, you can scroll down and just watch, click all videos. And there's a bunch of neat stuff to watch. Yeah, you got to forgive us for the early days. You know, and you'll see. You'll see the, the changes in our video work, you know, when we first started to where we've got it to now. You know, it's a process, learning and evolving. And, it really is. Yeah. I mean, and you just can't. 
You know, you know. I think about. I was going to say this earlier. I think about. I chose to shoot stills today in that video, partly because of the sun. I don't yeah. like shooting full on sun with the video. It's just so hard, and I got to cut so much light to do it. And yeah, but I'm shooting manual focus, heavy cameras, and I I I thought about it when we were walking out. If I'd have had my big video camera up there, I don't know that I would have got anything. Wow. Because oh, it's, <laughs> I can't move. No, Isn't it something? You can't. I don't think I would have had time to find a spot, a right. safe spot, set it up, yeah. level the camera, have the proper amount of neutral density in front of the lens, manual focus, and get tack. I'm shooting 8K, so if it's right. a little bit oh, out, yeah. It's, yeah. you don't get it's it. It's unforgiving. Yeah, And then I just can't follow that action. So. The big game changer is what you guys what you guys are doing is probably more valuable than anything you could be shooting because you're getting everything's in focus. You're right there. You're mobile. Yep. Yeah, you checked all the boxes. Yeah, really. It, yeah. And it looks. I know a lot of photographers go in with all this big gear, and they look at us and they probably think, "Oh, you poor backyards people." <laughs> yeah. Look at these amateurs. <laughs> exactly. These yeah. little tinker toy, you know, camera setups and little lenses and stuff. It's like, well, you know, these little tinker toy cameras aren't tinker toy. They're invaluable tools. And these lenses, oh my gosh, what these They're lenses good. can do now. The Let me just say a few words about the two lenses. Web shoots, she chooses the 70 to 300, the FP. latest version. Yeah. It's the AFP. It is completely silent when you're shooting video. When it focuses, it is silent. So you don't hear you the don't, motors nothing. in there. You don't anything. get anything from it. It's perfect. It's sharp. It's relatively inexpensive. Myself, I like, I prefer the 70 to 200 F4 version. It's an amazing lens. They have the 7200 F2.8. It costs as much as your car. But this <laughs> F4 version is amazingly good. And I just like it. I like to, I have to get a little closer to the action when I'm using it because I only have 200 instead of 300. Right. But I find I can use it more without a monopod. Lib's got the 70 to 300. So if you notice, she's on a monopod because she needs a little bit more stability because she's out there at 300 millimeters sometime. I can kind of handhold this little 70 to 200 and get, get good results. And by using the viewfinder and being steady, yep. you yep. still have three points of contact. Yep. And then you got the stabilization. That's it. That's right. Just get in that mode. Yep. You know what I mean? Get in yeah. that mode when you need it. And, and when I watched your video this morning out in the field, I mean, granted, we're just watching on and the back of the camera. Hard, so you, and that's steady. But it, Very it steady was work. so steady. Yeah. I mean, it was good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you just got to go watch it. It's just so cool. Yeah, I can't wait to get cool. my hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. She hasn't seen it yet. I would have been like driving home. I, you I, drive. I, I'm going to watch. It's tempted. <laughs> cool. It was a nice little um, parting gift we got as we were leaving the, the area. Today there was a bull in the... On the road, on the way out. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. an amazing that's place. That's not the first time that's happened either. Right. Yeah. So, Moose Man Photos on Facebook, Moose Man Photos on YouTube. Moose Man Nature. Nature Photos. photos. That's it. Moose, Moose Man, Man Nature Photos. Moose Man Nature Photos. On both Facebook and YouTube. And then MooseManNaturePhotos.com. Yep. For the web, web address. That's correct. And then if you want to buy any artwork, you can do it online. Yep. And if you want to see you guys in person... Hit up a show. Do you have a show schedule on your website? 
We don't, but you can just message from. Yeah, you can. You got to kind of protect your schedule a little bit because oh, gotcha. for obvious reasons. Right. But uh, it's real simple. Just message from either Facebook or from the website. And we'll just send you a, you know, a so document. So you can just say, "Hey, I'm going to be in this town yeah. Yeah, right, in right now. December yeah. or whatever." Right. Cool. We really encourage phone calls too. We say that on our homepage. We just love that part of it. When Sometimes when you're trying to order something on the internet, whether it's on somebody's website or whatever, you just have a question you can't quite get an answer for. We love, we encourage people to call with any questions. Well, you guys are so awesome that way. I mean, yeah. it's just fun to talk to you. Yeah. It's, just, no, it's, yeah. it's not, it's, it, it becomes we love like, our job. We love what we do. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And that comes through. The yeah. passion it's is not awesome. like It's not like, oh, I have to answer the work phone. It's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. we love talking about what we do and yeah. hope we didn't bore anybody. All right. So we're scheduled for next September. No, what? Oh, we are always on for September. Next September. That's just in oh, the yeah. books. We'll be yeah. here two days 30, after Labor Day. 30 days. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. To see more of our team's work, you can go to Facebook, Instagram, our YouTube channel, and of course, at wildandexposed.com. I want to spend, send a special shout out to our hardworking and talented producer, Missy McKenzie, for all that she does behind the scenes to create this show for your listening enjoyment. And no matter what podcast platform you're listening to us on, make sure to take the time to hit that subscribe or follow button and to give us a positive review, a five-star rating, or a thumbs up as those help us to do what we love to do and to bring you this podcast on a weekly basis. Until next time, you've been listening to Wild and Exposed Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.